That's right. Okay. Hey, welcome everybody back to another episode of Embrace the Suck. Tonight I have Sergeant Major Pereira on with us, and I'm very excited because it's another person to talk to that is in a position that we can talk about things and, and just kind of get their take on what's going on out there at right now in the streets. And, you know, a lot of what I've been talking about with him is the positive mental attitude that I believe is hugely necessary on somewhere on a duty like recruiting duty. Um, so without further ado, welcome Sergeant Major. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me. Um, thanks for uh, allowing me to use this platform to have a uh, honest, candid conversation and, uh, you know, just having a conversation. So I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. And and I just want to thank you because the purpose behind this, a lot of people don't understand that, is really just to be able to have a conversation with people from all parts of recruiting duty. Because I know that when I was on the streets for four years, I, you know, you see the sergeant major every day, you talk to the sergeant major, but you really don't know what's going on in the background. And a lot of times we don't understand you know, what's going on in their day to day and what's on their shoulders as opposed to what's, you know, on ours. And a lot of times I think that it helps when we understand everybody's portion of the mission and <clears throat> being off the duty, being off the bag. I just want to have conversations about, OK, well, what's going on in, on this RS? Because every right now in the time we're living in, a lot of people are struggling out there. So a lot of what I'm trying to do is really just cross pollinate and find out, okay, well, what's working out in this RS, what's working out in this RS and get people to understand, you know, what may be helping and stuff like that. So that's really what I'm trying to do here. So one of the questions that I would have for you is just, you know, I know we were talking and you said you had, you've been out here for about 10 months now. What, what does it feel like, you know, going from, you know, the fleet Marine Corps to coming out here on this, on the, on this B billet, like, do you see a difference? Is there like, do you need to be a different type of leader versus where you, where you, where you were out in the fleet? Well, um, I mean, so what the, what the difference is between recruiting duty and, you know, everything else that I've done, you know, um, it's, it's, it's just a little dynamic out here. Um, obviously when you have a battalion, right. Everybody's in one place. You got BAS downstairs. You got the battalion leadership upstairs, maybe across the street or two uh, two, ro uh, two roads down. You got the chow hall. You got the Naval Hospital. You got the UPS right there. Marines are getting the mail. Recruiting duty is a whole different beast, right? You got the RS headquarters. And then within a 25,000 uh, square miles, you got all your mini companies out there, or fire teams, of these Marines being alone and unafraid doing the Lord's work out there um, with minimum to no supervision, right? And that takes a special type of individual to do that. And that's a, a Marine Corps recruiter. Um, I haven't, I mean, I haven't done, I mean, I've, I was obviously, you probably can see in the background, my campaign cover over there. So that was my, you know, official B billet as a staff and CO and gunner sergeant. And I have been a part of MSG. I was an uh, 01 by trade. So I have been an M uh, uh, MSG admin chief. And I got to see what the watch standard does day in and day out. Mm. Um, I got to be a, a first sergeant over to SOI and see what combat instructors do day in and day out. And obviously, I was oh, wow. obviously now as a, drill, uh, as a drill instructor, you know, I got to experience that firsthand, right? 
But I'm telling you, no other duty is like recruiting duty, right? Mm. Because of you are there alone and unafraid and you have the mental challenge of being on the bag, right? Mm -hmm. Being on the bag is a stress like no other you cannot explain. Only people like yourself and other recruiters can explain, right? Yeah, yeah. Unless you've been there, done that, um, it's a it's a it's a bond that others don't have. Yeah. The challenge of recruiting duty of uh, being out here is just that one aspect alone, right? Of not having the BAS downstairs, medical, being independent, mm -hmm. being on 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 a mission every thirty days, and having to deal with the huge. I can't hear you. Oh, we're good now. Uh, not deal with, but to manage the human side of recruiting duty, which a lot of times, right, sometimes gets neglected. That's yeah. our challenge out here in recruiting duty, dealing with the human aspect of the duty. Uh, don't think in my experience uh, was that challenging or I didn't have the resources right here. Uh, yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's something that I really haven't talked about. And I'm glad that you brought it up is like, because I feel like a lot of times when you're on recruiting duty, you, that part of it gets neglected, the human resources part of it, because we get so busy, you know, dealing with our pool, dealing with the, the community, dealing with people in our, our, our lives that we forget about our own humanity and we forget about our own physical fitness and the mentality that we're going through. So when it comes to that, what are like, as a, as a sergeant major, right, what is your role in that? Because I know, like, when I had spoken with Sergeant Major Cabreras, you know, a lot of what me and him had talked about was just, you know, being able to help keep that morale up in the, in the RS, but at the same time, it's everybody's, you know, position. So what do you find that as a sergeant major that you, what are you trying to do or what are you doing or what have you guys implemented to help that mental awareness and the human force, the, that that human resource part of it. So a lot of so I think the number one thing is I mean it starts with me, right? If I if I'm coming into work, right, and I'm um, I got a negative negative outlook in life, right? I don't want to be at work. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to be around Marines. Um, you know, if I go visit one of my staff and COs. I come in there and I do what they what what uh, it's called out here the uh, seagull method, right? You come in and you just poop, 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 and then you take, right? So it, it starts with that. It starts with me having a positive mental attitude, doing the right thing. I'm making sure I'm, I try to see these guys every chance I get, and I come in there not just identifying the flaws, but identify what they're doing positive out here because the duty is hard enough as it is, and if you have another guy. Uh, in my position coming in there and telling them, hey, you suck because of X, Y, and Z, uh, that's the wrong answer. So I think number one, it starts with the leadership, right? You got to have a positive mental attitude and uh, focus. Obviously, we're, we're not going to ignore what they're doing wrong and, and um, what they're lacking on, right? But we're going to highlight the positive things and let them know the recruiters are doing a good job. And 99% yeah. of the time, the recruiters that are out here, and across the U.S., they're doing the right thing. And, um, you know, I applauded from that. I commended from that. I tell my guys all the time, hey, I am a fan, right? 
I'm a fan of the recruiters. I'm a fan of what they do. I'm a fan of what they stand for. I'm a fan of the fact that uh, during sustaining the transformation, right, it starts in recruiting duty, and they carry that uh, throughout sustaining the transformation. So I'm a fan of what they do, and I tell them all the time, hey, if it wasn't for you and what you do, I wouldn't be here. None of these Marines would be here. We wouldn't be here. So this is where it starts. And I so, think – I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. And uh, number two is communication. Uh, we have to be able to communicate the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, I try to tell my guys, hey, what you see is what you get, right? There's no uh, there's no puppet master upstairs. There's no hidden secrets. Whatever information we get up top, we disseminate to the bottom. I expect whatever disseminate uh, information they get at the bottom, they disseminate to the top. And, you know, uh, communication just needs to flow top, uh, up and down, and, and uh, horizontally. And, um, you know, and then number three is just giving them the resources, right, to help with that. If uh, we have a meritorious board coming up, hey, this is what you need to do to be successful uh, when it comes to a meritorious board, right? Mm -hmm. um, if we have opportunities for people to do PME, right, on their way out, which is something we're implementing here. We're about to have our first try after one year being on the duty. Send people PME, Timmons, and route. And, uh, you know. And just letting them know, uh, hey, you know, it's, you know, it's not coming down to our, each other's level, but it coming to a mutual understanding, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, I might not be out here writing a contract, but I, I got you. I feel you. I know it's tough. I know it's hard. Like you said earlier, it sucks. We got to embrace it. And let's just kind of get through it together. Yeah. No, I know. I'm so glad that you brought that up because like a huge part of it, too, is like what you were talking about, how like you're coming into the office and your positive mental attitude starting from the top. You know, I, I remember there was one time where I was, you know, was I was a brand new recruiter on the streets. I was a sergeant and we were on a conference call with the sergeant major and one of our recruiters in the office was overweight. And we were on this conference call and the sergeant major said something and the Marine said, good to go. And the sergeant major just flipped out. It was like 8 a.m. And he was like, good to go? You're going to say good to go to me? And he started flipping out. And he was like, you know why your pool is so is so bad? Because they they have a recruiter who's a freaking fat ass. And, and it's just like, bro, what is going on? And it's like, it's 8 a.m. in the morning. This is the first conversation this, this Marine has had. And, and you know, and now mind you, I'm not saying as an excuse for being overweight or BCP or anything like that while on the duty. But at the end of the day, like if we're talking about mental toughness and we're talking about positive mental attitude, how do you expect that Marine to go out and do great things when you just call them a fat ass at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. in the morning? And and it's just like, you know, like having that and having a positive role model like yourself and just being a part of that to start out the day the right way is a huge thing. Because like when you're talking about the seagull thing, like I don't know how many times I've heard it or seen it to where people are afraid of oh hey sergeant major's coming by or hey the command's coming by now we all got to go out and we have appointments to go to mm -hmm. and it's like what's the point of having a command member if that's how we're going to feel and you know and that's the thing about it is is that you know of course i'm not saying that like you have to be like you know not have that hammer as a sergeant major but i just think that i think that it's in my mind that people need to be able to come to you and be able to sit down with you and be like, hey, sorry, Major, I really need to talk with somebody. And 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 a lot of times it's going to be you. Um, but if you come at that, if, you, if you're if you not acting like that, then it's hard to be able to come to you, to speak to you. 
in in that manner, especially on a strenuous duty like this to where we don't really have people to our left and right to talk to besides the guys in the office that we already speak to every day. So no, I think, you know, does that make sense? No, absolutely. I agree. Um, you know, you know, it's easy to, you know, go anywhere and point deficiencies because people are not, you know, doing the right thing. It's very difficult to, you know, find out what those deficiencies are and guide them, you know, teach them and mentor towards, you know, what right looks like. And that's just not in recruiting duty. That's anywhere as a drill instructor, MSG, as a combat instructor, um, that applies to every single duty. Um, that's why a lot of people in, you know, in other, you know, in some SDAs, I mean, sometimes are lacking just because they, they're very quick to resort to the knife hand, right? Yeah. And, and they're slow to, you know, give them the giving hand. Yeah. So what are, what are some things that maybe, you know, with you coming on the duty, you know, were you, would you say you were well prepared for what it takes to be an RS Sergeant Major? Like, did you come out here like, knowing what was going to be expected of you or was there some stuff that you were like wow i think like, this is not what i thought it was going to be like like do you feel like maybe you could have prepared better or differently like for that sergeant major who's going to come out here and be an rs sergeant major like what are your thoughts on that so i think you know number one um i don't have all the answers right yeah of course still trying to figure things out i've been here for about 10 months um sometimes my boss calls me on a weekly basis hey why is your pool not doing X, Y, and Z. Why are you not at this level, right? And sometimes he calls me and he'll tell me, hey, brother, you did a good job with your CDR program, with your pool program, right? So I don't have all the answers, right? Mm -hmm. um, my recruiter's at. Um, you know, I my boss likes to say, hey, as long as you look, you, as long as you look like you know what you're doing, that's half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I tell him all the time, I try to look like I know what I'm doing most of the time, but sometimes I just don't know what I'm doing. And what I know, and what I know is, if I treat people with dignity and respect, and I come in in a situation, and I try to help people um, to fulfill their dreams, for them to be successful, for them not to fail, because I don't want to fail. And I tell my the recruiters out here in uh, RS Charlotte, their success is our success, right? Amen. Uh, their uh, failures is our failures. That's on us. It's not on them. Uh, so. You know, I don't have all the answers. So, I mean, we're figuring and we're, you know, the not only the Marine Corps, but the branches, we're in a unique situation where we're at now. Yeah. We're trying to get through it as much, uh, as best as we can. And I think uh, we're doing, I mean, I, you know, I think we're doing a good job. And I think uh, as long as we care about the Marines, right, we care about the, each other in the institution, I think, uh, I think we're going to be okay at the end. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 the role of the Sergeant Major is a little bit unique because you start in that leadership position as a brand new, bright-eyed first sergeant. So you put on different situations, um, and you have to adapt to whatever situation uh, you're in. And not only 89 99s, but every Marine um, across the FMF, TCOM, um, they're all used to putting in unique situations that's not what their primary billet and they just adapt. I think one of the most difficult things for me specifically coming out here, um, I want to say is number one, uh, not understanding the entire, you know, um, F-MAM and J-JAZZ process. Mm -hmm. 
takes about 12 months for you to see the, that entire, you know, life cycle and uh, knowing the new, the hidden movements, right? Every, every job has its hidden movements, but no other one, no other job has hidden movements like recruiting duty. Right. Mm -hmm. So unless you, you know, so you have to be very engaged, not only with the pool, but the recruiters, you know, to find out what hidden movements they need to be successful. And I need to be able to facilitate that. Right. So I think that's what's been difficult. It's finding out the hidden movements and then uh, being able to help them out to, so they can be successful. Do you find that you um, that you're. You're, you're, do you find that a lot of times you're leaning on that RI shop a lot? All, or, the, time. all, yeah. the, all the time. You know, one thing before coming out here, you hear the horror stories of recruiting duty, right? <laughs> Be careful with that, right? We all seen the, the memes on um, social media. Be careful with this. Be, care, be careful with that. At the end of the day, right, a, a good Marine is a good Marine. A not-so-good Marine is a not-so-good Marine, and that transfers over to being a drill instructor, to being a combat instructor, to being a recruiter, right? Um, I've been fortunate that coming out here, I have a phenomenal RI shop, and, you know, one thing that makes every RS successful is that, you know, that that uh, trifecta between a CO, Star Major, and the RI, if they're marching to the same tune, they're rolling, they're rolling in the same direction, and they have, they're preaching the same message that, you know, and they all have a positive mental attitude, that's just going to trickle down, down to the Marines and to your station. So, and just like any other team, right, you go to an infantry battalion, if the company guns, the CO, the Sergeant Major, the XO, and your platoon commanders and platoon sergeants, they're not all marching to the same tune, you know, those squad leaders and those team leaders and those Marines are going to suffer. It's yeah. no, uh, so I do lean just like any other, um, any other function of the Marine Corps, I do lean a lot on my IR shop because at the end of the day, right, we are in the business of making Marines, winning our nation battles, and, you know, returning those Marines to be better productive citizens. So we are at the business of making Marines and the transformation starts here. So at the end of the day, those that RI shop, they're driving action. They're tweaking things here and there uh, to make sure that, the lifeblood of the core is uh, where it needs to be. So absolutely, I I, um, I rely heavily on my on the RI as a team um, in order to one uh, take care of Marines and make sure we're getting the job done day in and day out. So that's appreciate that question. Awesome. Um, and one of the things I too is just with why do you think and you know now that you've had 10 months to kind of observe the duty why do you think you were just talking about the fleet marine corps but why do you think that you know we we have the fleet marine corps and we and everything is so easy to not i don't want to say easy but we we follow those steps we follow that leadership those leadership traits and you know we 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 do all these things why do you think that like when it comes to recruiting duty it, it, people make it into like this ten thousand pound weight and it, you know, I feel like a lot of times we make it harder than it needs to be. Um, in some instances, like we we're putting it on this pedestal, and then we we, we create it in, into a harder position than than it needs to be. If that makes sense, uh, it does. And you're at a different. Uh, you have an eye. You have an eye outside view, right, of your experience and what's going on here now. Because as you mentioned before, you have that experience in recruiting duty. So you looking back now, you're like, you know what? 
it was probably not that hard or I could have done this or I could have done that mm -hmm. or I did well, right? Um, so you have a different perspective in it. Remember, no Marine comes in any duty wanting to fail, right? And the hardest thing about a Marine or anything else is the fear of the unknown. Amen. Everybody feels you're unknown. And there's a lot of unknowns in recruiting duty because, remember, what you and I talked about, that fire team is out there alone and unafraid, and they're focused on their one and four, one and three fire team, or one and five fire team. Mm -hmm. and a lot of times outside of that, you know, as much as the 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 command group tries to communicate to the to the best of their ability to to try to have those all hand functions to the best of their abilities of bringing people together, right? That's once a month. Those twenty nine other days, they're out there doing God's work. So they they're really focused on what they're focused on, which is that mission monkey. So they don't know a lot of times what's going on. So yeah. they're unknowns in the back of their minds. And that unknown sometimes, depending on the recruiter, right, because they're focused and they don't want to fail, they want to do well, goes on for 30, 36 months, sometimes sometimes a little less. Yeah. They come in and recruit a duty, they do extremely well, and they're running, you know, and they're running the gunny the whole time. And when they wake up, they're like, oh, man, it's time for me to go. Yeah. Right? So when they get back to the fleet, even though they did well, they, they, they remember – the suck and remember the struggles, right? So a lot of times, just like any other SDA, what do we like to talk about the best? <laughs> the the bad times. Not not the bad stuff. The worst we love war stories. I know yeah, I Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love yeah. war stories, right? But uh the the Marines out here, you know, and not just here across the Marine Corps, I mean I think they do a phenomenal job at uh taking care of each other. Cause at the end of the day, that's what they want to do. They want to get the job done, take care of each other. Cause, and they don't want to fail. So they yeah. they're a phenomenal job given the, 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 the circumstances we're, we're in right now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because that is a huge part about it. It just be, you know, in order for you to have a winning team, you got to care about one another. And I feel like a lot of times when we're in these individual RSSs, we're in these individual fighting holes. Sometimes we forget about that. And we forget about the fact that we need to work towards one another. And we, and we forget about the, you know, that other RSS that's across the pond. And we forget about, you know, like, cause we're so busy, you know, in, in our wave that we don't realize that other people may need help. And I'm glad that you're talking about the fact that you guys are realizing that and that your RS is strong and that you have these, all these offices that are, you know, being able to do that for one another and be able to lift each other up and, and stuff like that. No, absolutely. And remember, just like any other Marine Corps unit, right? I mean, we're a family and we're here for each other. And like every, I mean, I just had my brother over uh, this weekend, right? I love him to death, but, you know, after 48 hours, I was ready for him to go. <laughs> just like, yeah. just like, you know, just like any family, you know, uh, not only RS Charlotte, but no Marine Corps unit is perfect. And when you're around family a lot, you know, there's issues you got to work out. There's kinks you got to work out. There's things that you realize you're doing um, that you're doing that you need to improve on. There's things that you see other people are doing that they need to improve on. And I mean, that's just how we grow as a unit, as organization and as, as a family, just kind of helping each other out just because we don't nobody wants to fail. Got you. What are what are some of the things that you guys are doing? for like the pool attrition side of the house? Like what are, is there anything that you've done or changed or anything that you've realized that like maybe this will help towards it? 
like some of those things that your sergeant major is like, hey, you're doing awesome here. Like, what are the some of the things that you're doing to to help mitigate that? So I think one of the things that we do here, and that's not me. Um, I don't do anything. Uh, the staff and CYCs and the recruiters, they're the ones doing this. Um, and and what we do is once a year we get together and we talk about we talk about hey, what can we do better? What yeah. can we do in the pool? And we all came together and we all agreed on a couple things, right? Number one, we agreed that um, once a month when we do pool, P we're, we're, they're going to do pool PT at least twice a week, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to have at least between 85% and 90% show rate, every pool function, right? So we all agreed on that. Uh, because when people are showing up to pool PT, right? One, they're getting physically fit. And they're getting those guided discussions of honor, courage, commitment to keep them in the fight, right? Because you got a lot of people out there that either don't believe in them, right? Or, I mean, you know, they're just in the way sometimes of progress. Not always the case. So you want to bring them in at least twice a week to make sure they're in the fight. You want them to achieve their goals. And you want them to, to become a Marine because that's what they wanted, right? The next thing that we agreed on is, like, hey, once a month when we have our pool function, it's going to be fun. Right. We're going to try to get it like like I said before, 85 percent to 90 percent show rate. But we're going to award the people that are performing. So if people are preaching the Marine Corps gospel and they're getting new police out here, we give them the blood out on war. So every month they're going to get an award. If they're improving uh, with their physical fitness, they're going to get an award. And if they are um, being motivated, they're you know, they're studying their knowledge, they're teaching others uh, knowledge and they're helping each other out as a bully, they're going to get an award. So we emphasize, um, you know, uh, commending the deserving and encourage the wayward. And we do that through those awards. On top of the pool incentive items that MCRIC does, they do get those awards. And another thing, so they get those four awards. And um, another thing that we've implemented, and we didn't implement because I know a, a lot of RSs around NICRIC do this, right? Uh, we we have squad leaders and guides as needed. And as people ship, as people rotate, or as people get fired, uh, we do a uh, we created this mock uh, uh, promotion certificate. So once a quarter or as needed, the squad leaders and the guides of the RSSs, they get promoted. And what we found is that builds responsibility, mm -hmm that builds a spirit to core and that builds ownership between each recruiter and their pool and that RSS. So for the last nine months we've been doing this, right? And I've seen personally, because I get to go, the recruiters, they don't see this as much as I do, but I get to go to every RSS and see that improvement in those, mm. in those pools, with those poolies, and even those uh, uh, recruiters, because at the end of the day, I know that they're proud of their product. I know that they're proud of the pulley. If I sometimes I'll, I'll I'll point out a pulley who's probably not within standard. I'm like, hey, is that your pulley? And they're like, heck no, Sergeant Major. That's that's not my guy. <laughs> so I I know that they have pride in their product. They have pride in their pool. So we've capitalized on that, and um and we've seen a, a dramatic change on the um on pool referrals, on pool attendance, uh, and just the pride. And ownership of the pool. Well, that's awesome. So one one thing that I, I I've been trying to get in my this now mind this is just an opinion of mine or a thought process of mine that I've I've thought about is two things: is one 
having the RS do because the, the RS Instagram or the RS's Instagram have them interview. And I, I haven't really seen it done, um, but I can I, I don't follow every single RSS. But you know what I did was I actually reached out to a recruiter out in um, Virginia, and I and I, I made an Instagram post that I was like, hey, I want to interview somebody's pulley. And they were like, hey, mine. So I ended up interviewing his female pulley right after they got done running an IST. It was the um, the, the all hands monthly pool function. She came on live on Instagram. I interviewed her about why she wanted to become a Marine, her benefit tags, talked to her about um, about the, the IST, what the IST was. And as I was doing this, all of her friends were coming on and they were in the comments and they were pumping her up and they were talking about it. And I was talking to her about engagement and why did she do this and why did she do that? And and just watching her being able to tell her own story through that um, was an awesome experience. So, and then that recruiter actually hit me up and was like, bro, I got like four, like three or four referrals from her because of that. Because now I was engaging with her friends in that Instagram live. Um, so that's definitely something that I, I haven't really seen happen, but I think it should happen more often because you're able to highlight those pulleys on your Instagram and now their friends are coming to your Instagram to see what's going on there. Um, and the same thing for the RS. And then the other thing too, we were, you had just mentioned this before about the, you know, what's the Marine Corps mission. And, and we always talk about returning model citizens to our community, but I feel like the Marine Corps forgets about that part a lot of the time. Like, I feel like we forget about that part of it. And, you know, I think that when we talk about, you know, when you do the SRI and you look at, you know, take one stands and you look at the contact cards and stuff like that, it's like, okay, well, why don't we have, and especially I, I can only imagine how many veteran owned businesses are in Charlotte. Um, why don't we have, and maybe you do, but why don't we have Marine Corps veteran businesses coming to our pool functions to talk to these young men and women about how the Marine Corps changed their lives and got them to where they are. Because a lot of these young men and women want to become entrepreneurs and they just, and they don't know how. And now if we're talking about that and we have, you know, gunnery sergeant so-and-so who retired and is now, a, is, and is now an, an, an integral part of his community, and now he's here talking about it because coming from us, it's of course we're going to say that we're Marines, we're recruiters, right? But if somebody from our own community is coming and doing that, then it's different for our parents. And especially if we're inviting parents out to see it. Now our now those parents are going to look at it and be like, oh, wow. So that influencer that we were just talking about is now going to see that veteran-owned business that's a Marine, that Marine Corps ran and driven, and they constitute, hey, it's all because of the Marine Corps and what it did for me. Oh, and you know what I mean? So like that's some of the things that I've just thought about. But so just getting that, because a huge part of it is that pool. And a lot of times we forget about that. You know, we sometimes we get so busy with the mission on our back that we forget about taking care of those pulleys and, and, and of course, those family members, too. No, you bring, you, you bring in an, an, an excellent point. Um, and that's something that Micric as a whole has addressed. Um, so I don't know if you're tracking. I don't know if you saw the latest public service announcement of the Marine Corps, and it's called Full Circle. Mm. That's the uh, one, the young man that is standing on the parade and the rain walks by have you seen that one and he's no. working in the community so I, I i encourage you to take a look at that right so basically it's called operation simplify so micric has an, an initiative right now and it's uh 
I want to say we are, this is phase two. Phase one was uh, launching the commercial. Phase two is uh, between MCRIC and the RS as we reach out to veterans in the community, right? So out here, um, there's a couple of veterans like General General Amos is out here. We've, uh, we, we've spoken to him. We have a huge veteran community in the greater Charlotte. And I've gone to multiple meetings where we can get together and just basically talk about Marine Corps issues, veteran issues, and local issues, right? Mm. Um, and uh, we're trying to integrate that as much as possible, whether it be through their local business and if they have something to offer, uh, whether it's just going out there and PTing with them. Uh, so, because basically what it and, and basically what it is is they are basically preaching the Marine Corps gospel just through their actions. And I'll give you an example, Boy Scouts out here, which a lot of them veterans um, are, uh, they they work for Boy Scouts. Uh, they give out awards. We sent a Marine out there just to stand there next to them, uh, giving out the awards. Young Marines uh, out here, or Carolina Marines, um, whenever a young man or woman reaches Eagle Scout, right? Carolina Marines are wrong, along with Boy Scouts and a Marine from the RS, that we're going out there and we're the ones handing out those certificates. So through through uh, initiatives like that, um, uh, those police are those police and the, and the community they see the Marine Corps at work. They see how that full circle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of in a Marine's um, life cycle or through the transformation process, and once he goes out to the civilian populace, what they have to offer. To the community, whether it's through the Boy Scouts, through Young Marines, yeah. through the EMT, through teachers, how um, they become productive citizens to the community. So, Operation Simplify, full circle. When you get a chance, take a look at it. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's a, and it's a motivating commercial to you. It's a, yeah. it's a tear jerker. Oh, okay, no doubt. Yeah, because that's like those, those are all stuff that I always thought about. You know, being on the duty, it's like you know we talk about this full circle thing, but what are we doing about it? You know, and it's like, you know, for me, too, a huge thing that I always thought about, too, is just like with the Mickey OB, you know, it's it's the whole Marine Corps. But what if like what if each office had one that was local to that RSS? So when you're flipping these pages, there are people who came out of this RSS, the people who graduated this program, there are people who, you know, were aviation in the Marine Corps. But now they live down the street and they're just because the thing is, is that when you look at through a macabre, you know, people don't know who that person is it means nothing to them but when you're flipping through this and you're like hey this guy actually graduated from your high school and now he is a sergeant in the marine corps now when you're talking to that marine or when you're talking to that pulley or applicant or that family member it's unique to them because they're like wow this dude came from this area and this is me and they identify with that because a lot of times when you're talking about all these different stories and you're talking about pride of belonging and, and all these different things but they can't recognize it because it's not unique to them. That's not, you know, that, that dude's not from Charlotte. That dude's not from here. And that dude's just a face on, on in a book. But when you're like, actually, hey, man, he graduated from the same high school as you. And look at what he's doing now out there in the Marine Corps. And now it's unique to that RSS. And I think that, like, I know that it takes time to do that. But it's something that would definitely open up to influencers and family members. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, the great thing about being in Charlotte is that, a lot of these uh, influencers, right? We've been lucky that a lot of people that, like Kyle Carpenter, he lives right up the road. Wow. Uh, 
Animals is right out down the road, and there's other 18 or 19, whether it's Marine Corps officers or general officers in the local area. Um, we and I, I try to highlight that on my Instagram page or my social media pages as much as much as possible. Uh, we recently renamed one of the roads right in downtown Charlotte, uh, Mumford Point Street. I saw that today. Yeah. So that was a huge. Uh, that was a huge. Uh, not only. PR uh, moment for the Marine Corps, for us, Charlotte, but for every young man and women uh, in the Marine Corps to know that, you know, here we are doing uh, Black History Month, doing uh, renaming a street for, or, you know, and honoring those Marines that had to fight for the right to fight to be a Marine. So that was an yeah. honor for us. That's so awesome. How was that? How was that? Ex were you there when they did when they did the naming on the street? Like, how was that experience? I mean, it was it was awesome. Um, I want to say um, I forgot I forgot the name of the commanding general, but he was an African African American commanding general that commanded the Second Marine Division. He was a guest speaker and guest of honor. He is now the um, uh, the VA representative for the state of North Carolina. Wow! So, he was a guest speaker. Um, I mean, they unveiled the name of the street. He gave an awesome speech. The entire uh, reserve unit from 451 was over there. A lot of the, um, you know, um, the recruiters from the RS Charlotte were over there in the local area. Government officials were over there from the Charlotte oh, area. Wow! And um, you know, it was a historic uh, moment not only for the for for Charlotte, but I think uh, for the Marine Corps because I want to say this is the second street that's named Muffin Point in America. Oh wow! I said, and that's all. It's just awesome, and that's why I'm glad that things like this are happening. Um, and and especially because like, I feel like, I feel like the Marine Corps recruiting command is such an integral part of the Marine Corps. But I feel like, you know, like I feel like when we talk about the community thing, like a lot. And again, I I don't know about all 48 RSs, but you know, I feel like a lot of people don't utilize Toys for Tots as as an example through the recruit like I like through the recruiting process. Like, I feel like it should be a huge part that we're, you know, using it at high schools, you know, especially if you have high schools that are closed that you can't get into. Okay, well, hey, listen, you know what? We're not here to recruit, but we do have this organization called Toys for Tots that I think would be an awesome opportunity for you just to be able to donate toys to this local, you know, to your own community. And I feel like a lot of people don't even use it like that because a lot of people, everyone knows what Toys for Tots is, but a lot of times people don't even know that it's a Marine Corps thing. They don't know how the charity began. They don't know the ins and outs of it. And a lot of people are losing out on getting into schools by utilizing this as an opportunity to showcase the Marine Corps Reserve program and be like, hey, actually, this is what the Marine Corps Reserves does for your community. No, that, that's a great point. Um, you know, fortunately for me, our reserve center is right down the road and I get to interact with Sergeant Major Payne and the commanding officer and the Marines over there. Uh, matter of fact, we have one Marine, uh, myself and one of my EAD recruiters a couple months ago, went over there and just kind of gave gave us uh, a little class about the Rec Aid program, mm. the Aid program. So we got a you know a little bit of interest in Marines are wanting to come over for 30 or 60 days and kind of help out. Yeah. Uh, but luckily for me, like anything I need when it comes to Toys for Tots, I just reach out for them and uh, they can help us out. Um, but unfortunately, just like everything in Marine Corps, right? If it's not your primary duty or you don't understand it, right? You take, you, you tend to stick to what you know, yeah. what 
Okay. A lot of things you might want to overlook this awesome tool, just like you mentioned, Toys for Tots to get into the school. Something I didn't think of, but you know, I'm I'm taking notes. <laughs> and uh that's something we'll definitely um attempt to apply to our arsenal out here in Charlotte. But that's that's a good yeah. Yeah, because it, it's just something that I, I, I always, you know, tried to do with my own RSS because, you know, I saw that, like, we had a reserve unit down the street in my RSS and, you know, they were struggling with, you know, volunteers and stuff like that. So what I ended up doing when I was the staff in COIC was I knew that my police needed, my seniors, I knew they needed volunteer hours in order to graduate. And that, because that's a part of like New Jersey, in parts of Jersey, in order for you to graduate high school, you have to have a certain amount of um, volunteer hours in the community. So I was like, okay, well, what better way than for you to volunteer for the Toys for Tots? So then what I did was I called my local high schools, even the ones that I couldn't get into. And I was like, hey, I don't know if your if your students need some volunteer work, but the Toys for Tots, you know, is in this town and they actually need some volunteer workers. So now what that did was families, parents, kids, teachers, faculty were now helping out the reserve program and the reserve program was getting that extra help with the packing of the toys and the sorting of the toys. And now we were able to start talking to influencers, teachers and people that we never were able to open the door to. And now they were actually in our building talking to us. So it was able to help us in that instance. And also it was just able to help the community get more toys, get more volunteers and stuff like that. So that was the whiff for the school. Like, okay, well, you know what? We can't get in, but we still want to be able to help you guys out. And then, you know, that school actually was able to become a working school. And, and because of those things, those are just some things that were working out. And that's what I think, like you said, you know, we just lose track of all of the different things that we have in our arsenal and we just work harder than rather sometimes working smarter. And we forget about these programs that the Marine Corps created to help us actually do that recruiting effort. No, absolutely. That's why, you know, I was, um, I was light, you know, I was, I was extremely happy when you invited to come on the program. Cause I knew when we're having, I mean, it's 2100, I mean, about to be 22, you know, you don't need to be doing this. So that's why I was extremely happy when you invited me over to have these types of conversation. Right. Uh, when you're trying to do good things and you care about the organization, you care about the people, things like this, like ideas. I mean, I wrote some of the stuff down. They start flowing and, um, you know, maybe who knows, we'll start working a little bit smarter than you know, than harder. So that's why I appreciate this conversation. Yeah. And, and I thank you for that. And I thank you for coming on because it's, you know, and that's what I really want people to understand what I'm trying to do, you know, is I'm just trying to, you know, like you're, you know, you're a sergeant major on the duty right now. There's going to be, you're going to have a replacement who's going to come and he's going to take over for you. And a lot of times the question is, is that, okay, well, what, what would you have done better in your three years at RS Charlotte? You know, and a lot of times we just don't have these conversations. We don't have conversations about, okay, what was the struggle like on recruiting duty? You know, and then, it, you know, like right now on the Marine Corps website, on the top right-hand corner, there's an entire thing dedicated to Marine Corps recruiting duty right now because of how hard how hard it is to get on the duty and we're trying to get people to come out there so one of my questions for you is is that especially with you being a drill instructor right and there's something that's always troubled me is that the pride of a drill like you you hear about it you know like the pride of a drill instructor people are so proud 
that they're a drill instructor, right? Like for instance, you, you have your, your plaques, you have your, your awards from how many years ago where you were a drill instructor? So I was, I was a drill instructor back in 2009. Okay. So back in 2009 and you still in your office right now have those plaques up, right? But if you think about your time in the Marine Corps and maybe I'm wrong, but have you ever seen a staff, have you ever seen a Marine come off recruiting duty and you go into a into that first sergeant's office, that sergeant major's office, and they got recruiting stuff all over the walls. So, you know, <laughs> um, I'm obviously very proud of you know everything I've done in Marine Corps. Obviously, the number one thing that I'm proud of, right, is hands down, is just being a Marine, right? Amen. Hands down, I love the fact that I'm a Marine. I am very thankful that there was a Marine Corps recruiter that uh, had a uh, table display in Martha's Vineyard Regional High School in a cafeteria. That's so, I love that. You remember. <laughs> the time in my life where I had no direction, I didn't know what I was going to do, I didn't have money for college, um, you know, and, you know, the Marine Corps gods looked down upon me and said, <laughs> do you want to be a Marine? And obviously, you know, I said yes, and here I am today. So, Amen. one, I'm extremely proud of the fact that I'm a Marine and everything that comes with that, whether it's drill instructor duty, uh, being in recruiting duty right now. Um, but I'll tell you, my last Sergeant Major, Victor Mancini, was a recruiter. Um, mm -hmm. And he, and I was a first Sergeant, and he told me, you know, the struggles that he went through, right? And what he had to do to make mission and express to me how much it's, and he wasn't a complainer. But he told me how much it sucked being a recruiter. Pardon my French. Yeah. Um, as a young 0111 administrator, I did some time at the military interest processing station back in from 04 to 06 down in Westover, West, uh, West, Westover Air Reserve Base in Chicopee, Massachusetts at the Springfield MEPS, right? So I would see those young recruiters from every branch of the Marine Corps, the Army, and the Navy, right? Um, but even back then the Marine Corps recruiters stood out to me and how hard they work, how passionate they were about the mission. Mm -hmm. So I've always had, uh, I've always had this, uh, um, not affinity, uh, maybe it's the wrong wording, you know, but this, uh, uh, sentiment of respect and mm. admiration for what the Marine Corps recruiter does. Right. That, yeah. Uh, so I'm very glad and thankful that I I get to come out here, impact the lives of these young police, and have a part in history and in Marine Corps history, just being a yeah. part of Marine Corps Recruiting Command and being part of the lives of my recruiters or, or mm -hmm. the Corps recruiters that are out here. Uh, mm -hmm. Just because, you know, I mean, we're Marine Corps recruiters. Who gets to do that? We do. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, my, my question is more so, though, and I love everything you said about that because I agree with you. My question, though, is that how do we make Marine Corps recruiting duty something that people want to do? Okay. Because right now, if we really think about it, when you're out there in the Fleet Marine Corps and some, and you, you see it all the time, you know, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you see, oh, man, I didn't get histed. And it, and it becomes this thing where people are, you know, and that's my question is that clearly the Marine Corps has had to go to lengths 
So when you go on the Marine Corps website in the top right hand corner, it says recruiting duty. It doesn't say drill instructor duty. Yep. So how do we how do we make this duty something where people want to come on the duty and are excited to come on it? Because I understand what you're saying with the reverence and how you feel about it. Because I've had a lot of people tell me that I was talking to a drill instructor today. Um, he's a, the pod the, he's the podcast host for veterans and influencers. And me and him were talking, and he was a drill instructor. And he was like, hey, man, he's like, bro, I give you all the all the credit in the world. I could never be a recruiter. He goes, I, I just couldn't do it. He was like, bro, thank God to you guys. And, you know, my my drill instructor, he was a recruiter and he, he did um, drill instructor duty. Yeah. And he and he talks about that all the time. He's like, bro, hands down, I would do D- drill instructor all over again. So my question really is just how do we create a conducive environment that people want to return to and people want to be proud of? So, so now you you got there's two questions, right? Mm-hmm. How do we get pe- how do we get people excited about recruiting duty? That's one question. And how do we create a conduct a conducive environment so people would want to come to recruiting duty? Yes. Right. Yeah. So those are two questions, two completely answers. So the question number one: How do we uh, how do I have people want to come uh, to recruiting duty? And just like we do with everything in Marine Corps, right? The Marine Corps is great at their advertisement right the marine corps is great at um um uh, we have the best commercials in marine corps uh we have um obviously you know and, and this is not cliche i mean we look good in uniform we have a good product when every go time you go to a, uh, an rss we're clean we're sleek right we have that mystique about it we no longer have the cami nets hanging up and the sandbags and Joe with the bazooka, right? It's clean, sleek, slick. We have we're co- color coordinated. I mean, it's it's a it's a like some of these RSS is you, you know you look sometimes it looks like you're going into a professional environment, right? Mm-hmm. So we pump it up. I mean, being a recruiter has its challenges, right? Being a recruiter has its uh, and also has its benefits, but we just pump it up just like we do any anything else, right? I am all about pumping up RS Charlotte. I'll tell you right now, people reach out to me almost, especially around the, the last uh, 15 days with a by name request because they see my posts, right? They see me pump up my recruiters. They see me pump up the the product, which is the police. People hit me up. Day I just turned out two people today. I broke their hearts. I told oh, wow. Not come to RS Charlotte, killer. Like, sick, you know, you're going to have to seek employment elsewhere because we're booked. <laughs> I pump up my recruiters. I pump up recruiting duty, and I, you know, I show the Marine Corps in a the recruiting recruiting duty in a positive light, and what we do in a positive light. Because at the end of the day, it is positive, right? So we pump it up. I mean, I'm talking business here. We pump it up. We we show it in a positive, and we tell people how 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 bad how bad how extremely rewarding is how badass it is. Because we all know you do a successful tour as a recruiter. If I'm a star major on the FMF, I'm looking to those people that did the SDA, and that recruiter has something to offer. Yeah, I, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I saw somebody, some sergeant. I don't know what RS he's at, but some sort. Um, he's a friend of mine. He's a friend. He's a one of my buddies who's in the Marine Corps, who's a, a Marine Corps veteran here in New Jersey. Has a podcast. He was an O three eleven, and his sergeant major is now an RS sergeant major. And he shared something today about the merit, the last meritorious board 
and how like 17 or like a high percentage of people that got it were recruiters, not drill instructor. And he had showed that percentage and that's what he was trying to point towards too. He was like, this is what this B-Bill is doing for you when you get back to the Fleet Marine Corps. Yeah, uh, recruiting duty has the most quotas for uh, for meritorious promotions, for, for meritorious promotions. So Marines are <laughs> getting meritorious and promoted, right? So just like anything else, messaging, right? Positive messaging, positive media support, and we have those things, right? Now to your second, in, in my opinion, I mean, I'm yeah. no, no, <laughs> but uh, my second opinion is how do we make it conducive, right? Yes, yes. That's the hard part. And that's the challenging. That's a challenge because what I mentioned before, because we're so spread out, it's very difficult, right? But one thing that we're implementing out here, Marines come out here and for 30 months, they're grinding, they're working hard, they're doing all the right things. They're uh, asking what's required of them. And at the bed, bed at the back end, there's nothing that tells me that I can't send these these guys to whether it's advanced course, career course, their MOS producing school, right? So I pay them back on top of uh, we just handed out uh, last week during our all hands at least 15 awards between Navy comms and NAMS to our wow. recruit. So on top of Awarding them with meritorious promotion, awarding with, uh, giving them awards for their hard, uh, hard work and well, uh, uh, well earned awards. We also send them to, you know, their uh, uh, enlisted PME where they can go to sergeant's course, where they go to st- uh, uh, staff, staff academy. Um, I just talked to a recruiter last week. I was like, "Hey, killer, you've been hooking and jabbing for us, right? Have you done your Marine Net course yet? Uh, Marine Net course yet? Like I told, like I recommended you three months ago. He's like, "Yep, got it, Sergeant Major." When you get out of here, July, Sergeant Major. Well, guess what, Killer? May you're going to Sergeant's course before you go to your unit. Come back, check out, and you're on your way, right? So I don't know why. So um, those are the things that we're doing in order to keep this place a conducive place. To yeah. You I just, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to say thank you. Because I do not know how many times, including myself, I got promoted. I'm a reservist. So I got promoted. When I went on recruiting duty, I I got promoted three years above all of my peers that are in the reserve program. So when I got promoted to staff sergeant, I I already had my Marine. As soon as I got selected, I had my Marine Corps done. And as a reservist, you only only needed to go to the two-week course. You don't need to go to the month-long course. I never had the ability to go to to go to the course, and I went back to my reserve reserve unit without having it completed, and I wasn't able to go to any of my courses. So that really ended up effing up my career because I'm the only Marine in the reserve program that has a B billet completed, and now I can, I can't be nothing. My career now I have to wait a whole entire year for the next available slot for me to go. And but yet I could have gone to a course before I got off of active duty and I could have had it done. And it's and and, and again, it, it, I just want to say thank you, because I know of plenty of Marines who that has happened to that have gotten off the duty that have gone to check into a unit and then they were in the below zone and now they weren't PME complete. And now they've had all these issues. And I know like, the you know, I, we always hear all oh, the waiver, the waiver, the waiver. But like. At the end of the day, if you're coming to a unit and you have everything knocked out, 
and you have this B bill, and now you can just focus on your MOS that you've been out of for three years. Absolutely. And now you can get right back to what matters. I'm sorry, not to say what matters, but now you can focus on your family. You can focus on your job again because it's really messed up when you have to return to the fleet and then look at your family and say, hey, I got to leave for six months to go to this course. Or, I, hey, I got to. I, I completely agree. Um, and what I, and, 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 and to finalize, you know, your question, right, on the messaging piece, all I'm going to do is when that Marine's checking out, right, I'm going to take a picture with him, shaking his hand. I'm going to show his, all his awards, right, his, his certificate of going to sergeant's course, right, and, oh, by the way, he'll be in zone this year, and nine times out of ten he's getting selected, right? Yep. So here he is with all his awards. He's getting promoted. He's gone to PME, and he just had a successful tour and in, in, in recruiting duty and we definitely want to send that message out there Amen. through uh social media and you know whatever else so and, it, it, yeah. it, it, it easy right it's not easy doing all that um it takes a lot of work in everybody's part right everybody coming together and making sure that we're communicating and we're being transparent and we're you know treating everybody with dignity and respect and we're working hard right so is it easy? Absolutely not. But every chance that I get to send somebody to their PME, they're going to go. Amen. And I just want to say thank you again. Like, And that's why I, why I reached out to you because, number one, I just see your posts and I see what you're doing. So these posts that you're speaking of, I'm seeing them and other people are seeing them. And it's just the truth of the matter because, you know, and that's why I'm glad that you came on here was be able to just speak to you and be able to learn more about you, learn more about what you're doing out there. Because I think that there's just not enough of it being done because you constantly hear the, the negative connotations. You constantly hear the bad parts about recruiting duty, which there are. But at the same time, there are places on recruiting duty that that things are happening. And unfortunately, it's not everywhere yet. But when one one RS is doing it, eventually more RSs are going to do it and there's going to be able to be. But like you said, it's the all of the work that has to be put in to get to where you're at. Because if we don't make mission, well, then I can't send you to these courses. And if you didn't do what you had to do from the front end, then I can't send you to that. And I think that's a huge part of, of all of this. Um, my last question really would be just what 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 advice do you have, um, you know, as a sergeant major from what you've seen and what you've gone through in the past 10 months? What advice do you have for the Marine that's on the duty and just their mental health and their just that human factor like we were talking about in the beginning. Like, what advice do you have for that and for the family aspect? Because I also saw on your Instagram that you're a father, you're a husband. So how do you battle? Like, right now, you're still in the office right now. I get it. We're doing this podcast. But, you know, you're traveling. You're going to BRC to visit and to meet people. You're doing command meetings. So how do you balance that human, like the human factor and the mental toughness in your own life. So, you know, um, you started the question with mental health, right? Um, everybody has their struggles. Everybody has their weaknesses. Every ha everyone has their physical health and mental health issues, right? Um, and that's something that it's just not in recruiting duty. It's everything else. And I don't want to sound cliche, right? Obviously, we want to pay attention to those signs of people who are struggling we pay just like with everything else. Somebody's falling out of you circle back, you pick them up, you put them in the front, right? And you push them a little harder. And if somebody's not right, whether they're, you know, 
They're not uh, having a, their relationship at home is suffering because they're been been in the office for quite, quite a lot, right? Or they're 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 not um, they're not producing like they're they're used to. You want to pay close attention to that, right? And at the end of the day, just talk to people, right? Find out what's going on with them, with their families. Um, I had a conversation with my one year, two year, and three year recruiters this past all hands about fidelity. Mm. Because I think where we're at in recruiting duty right now, fidelity is uh, uh, one thing that we need to keep in mind. Like, what is fidelity? So how do we come together as a team and have faith in each other, trust each other? Because in order to maintain a, a, a positive mental attitude and maintain a healthy mental health, one, that we have need to have that. And we also need to be doing our part when it comes to PT. We got to find time in PT, right? Because uh, PT is a huge part, at least for me, in order to, you know, stay sane, keep my mental health. I have to out, go out there, whether I need, you know, to throw some weights around or, you know, run a few miles, do some push-ups or do yoga, do a little bit of stretching or some walking in the morning. That's very important for me to, you know, maintain a uh, healthy lifestyle, healthy mental health, nutrition, and just kind of looking out for each other and helping each other out. And having those resources when they need to. That I couldn't think of a better word than fidelity. I love it. I love how you use that, and I'm glad that that's what you were talking about because that just kind of ended that for me. And that's you know that's one of the reasons why I named my podcast separate sometimes because right. I think that that's a huge thing that that the Marine Corps and just veteran community and everything is missing is that is is that you know we we say simplify. But is it really like, do we really live that? Do we really believe that? Um, and I think that a lot of times we forget about that entire thing. So Sergeant Major, I, I, if there's anything else that you want to leave us with, anything, any last minute thoughts, anything that you want to drop on us before we just end this? No, I appreciate you having me, right? Um, you know, it's always, I always jump on the opportunity or a platform that I can, um, you know, um, promote the brand, which is a Marine Corps brand. Um, Thank every single one of not only my recruiters, other Marines that are out there in recruiting duty, doing the large work, changing people's lives, right? One contract, one appointment, one TC, uh, one HV at a time. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I'm glad that, you know, a lot of what you do is uh, aimed towards a Marine Corps recruiter. Because if you're going to talk about Marine Corps, Marine Corps history, sustaining the transformation, right? Uh, which General Kulak started and then General Amos uh, re-emphasized in 2013. It starts right here in recruiting. Um, so, you know, the hard work that our recruiters are putting is not going unnoticed. Uh, and, you know, what I tell my recruiters, you know, it's not always going to be pretty, right? Sometimes it's going to be kind of ugly, you know, throughout that whole 30 to 36 months. But as long as we come to a mutual understanding that we're all trying to win, we don't want to fail, and we're here for each other, I think we're going to be just fine. And when we look six, ten years down the road, 20 years down the road, we're going to look back in history, and we're going to see, you know what, you know, uh, Sergeant Smith or Sergeant Johnson or uh, uh, Sergeant Wright or, 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 you know, Sergeant Erringer, you're going to look back and you're going to say, you know what, I was part of that just right out during and after the pandemic. We were still, um, you know, you know, contracting and shipping, you know, to build, uh, 
to build, to make Marines, win our nation's battles, and return uh, re- return Marines better citizens to the uh, to the civilian populace. So I, I really Amen. want recruiters and all, all the Marines out there for all their hard work. All right. Thank you so much, Sergeant Major. I hope you have a good rest of the night. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. I love what you're doing out there. I love the, the Instagram. I love everything you're doing, the fidelity. I love all of it. Thank you so much again, and I hope you have a good rest of the night. All right, brother. Seven Fidelis, and I appreciate you having me. Have a good evening. You too.